Join Sarah Weiss in the infinite field of energetic aliveness and heart-centered wisdom. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. Welcome to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. I'm Sarah Weiss, your host, and today we have a wonderful interview with Raven Rose. She practices womb medicine, and today our discussion will be around reclaiming the feminine body, our connection to our body and Mother Earth, herbal medicine, combo medicine, and all the ways that we connect with our cycle as females and what that means for the entire planet, how we contribute with our feminine wisdom to all of humanity. This will be interesting for everyone listening to this podcast. I also want to remind you to check out the 2021 Enlightened Empath Mystery School program that begins March 20th. This is an incredibly deep and transformational program that is now in its fifth year. Those who have completed the program have completely changed their lives and found new paths, new ways of being in the world that are beyond the pain and suffering that most empaths experience. So please check it out on my website, spiritheelonline.com. So let's welcome Raven Rose. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's so nice to meet you. I've done a deep dive into your your website and all the offerings you have, and I'm so happy to be speaking with you today. Thank you. I'm excited to be speaking with you as well. This is, um, I had a deep dive into your website and I really love what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So can we start out with kind of your your background and how you came about to where you are right now and your journeys with your ancestral healing in Africa and your work in the Amazon and then come around uh, showing how that brought you to where we are right now. Yes, yes. So my path really started with my healing work in, in the womb space. I had horrible, horrible, horrible menstrual pain. I used to have pain almost 10 days a month. Um, and this was after being on birth control for seven years. Um, when I, when I, when my pain first started, I was just a teenager. I was about 16 years old and I would have pain maybe once or twice, one or two days a month. And, um, I didn't really know anything about my body. I didn't know what was really happening with my menstrual cycle. And so I kind of just did what I was told to do and what I was suggested to do and didn't really have uh, any clue of the power of the menstrual cycle or anything like that. And after seven years of being on birth control and having really just a lot of ups and downs with that, with depression and just all of the, the mood changes, the physical changes and the emotional changes, I got to a point where I ended up stopping birth control because I almost had kidney failure because I had tried a few different ones and it just wasn't working for me. And I decided to take a path that was about deep healing and addressing my pain uh, naturally. And so I did all of the, all of the linear things. I 
really dove into diet. I started uh, meditating and those things were really, really helpful. I was able to reduce my pain from 10 days a month down to, um, down to about two or three days. And once I got to that point, I kind of hit a wall and I was seeking guidance and clarity on how to keep moving forward. I remember one cycle in particular was just so intensely painful. I thought that maybe I was cursed in another lifetime. And mm. after I came out of that, I, it, it, it stuck with me. Um, it stuck with me. The, the curse kind of faded away, but the idea of other lifetimes or ancestry being connected to my pain stuck and I started exploring um, past lives and and really dove deeply into ancestor work and when that first started what it looked like was just me asking my ancestors for help I asked my grandmother I asked my ancestors to please help me and please guide me and um, as a kid I was always a dreamer and after I asked those questions about having help and guidance in my journey, I started having dreams again of ancestors and connecting with ancestors. And, and from there, I was able to start seeing how my ancestors were showing up for me in my waking life. Um, I had an opportunity to study women's herbalism and ethnobotany. And really, I was just doing it to understand my own healing process and help myself. And I was kind of uncertain about it. I didn't really have a thought or concept of taking it as a path for my work. It was more so about my physical body and my healing. And I had a dream where my grandmother came to me. I was, I was in my maternal grandmother's house uh, upstairs in the room that my mom lived in when she was living in New York um, with her family. And my paternal grandmother, my grandmother, Serafina, who has passed, who has been a really powerful ancestral guide. She came to me in that dream up in my mother's old uh, room. And she knew I was going to this herbal program and she was encouraging me and she gave me this little stack of books. And it was like all of the remedies and all of the wisdom that she had about healing and um, plants and she gave me this little stack of blue books and I was just in tears. I was so happy. She was so excited for me. And that was really like the first big push for me to take a path of healing for myself and for others. And as I went on that journey, I, I studied women's herbalism and ethnobotany and I ended up doing two more years of herbal studies after that. So I completed those three years. I had an opportunity to go to the Yucatan and study womb massage with a Mayan midwife and also spiritual healing and uh, really just start reviving some ancestral memories and traditions. And I also had an opportunity to go to the Peruvian Amazon and study Combo because Combo was actually a really big catalyst for me in the beginning of my journey of, um, of healing as well. And I spent a month there with some really amazing teachers and working with the native tribesmen there and just really getting to know that frog spirit in a really deep and intimate way and actually connecting with it, actually holding it and actually um, working with the medicine right there in the jungle where in that environment where it lives. And that was really powerful as well. 
And from there, I continued on with my uh, herbal studies and did a year of herbal field study and uh, spent many weekends in in the desert camping, connecting with plants and just really getting to know them and making herbal medicines and um, stocking my apothecary with those herbal medicines that I had an opportunity to sit with and learn from and get to know them and their environment. And through that whole process, I was also very much connected to my ancestors and ancestral guidance and doing a lot of ancestral healing work for myself. So it really transformed my healing and my, uh, my relationship to my body and my menstrual cycle. And also I was able to release a lot of ancestral trauma and, and release the patterns that were showing up within me that were passed down in my lineage and then were able to be kind of carried on by the things that I had learned about in our, in my life in the modern world and things that kind of reinforce those old ancestral traumas and seeing all of that and transforming that with the help of plant medicines and combo. Um, and my ancestors, of course, got me to a point where I was able to really do major healing work for my menstrual cycle and then um, start my practice of moon medicine and help other people in that as well. Incredible. So you've really walked this path um, inch by inch to your healing and to your authenticity. Uh, it speaks a lot to your authenticity. And I know you and I both agree that integrity and authenticity are really important as a healing practitioner and in our own personal lives. Yes. And you went to South Africa to do a healing lineage ceremony there. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So that um, that lineage work that I did, I actually did it uh, while I was living in Denver, but I was connecting to my South African ancestry for that ritual. And it was actually a project, a personal project I was working on in learning about the plants that my ancestors used and how they used them. And so when I was working on that project, I, I decided to focus on dream work. And for me, that was really important because as a kid, dream, the dream world was a really big part of my life. And um, I would journal my dreams and read dream books. And I really went really deeply into dreaming and the dream world um, at a young age. And so when I had this opportunity to um, study the plant medicines of my ancestry, I chose uh, dreaming. And so I, I, um, I acquired these plant medicines of, uh, called Ubulawo. It's an Ubulawo herbal blend. And it's specifically for seeing clearly, um, having dream visions, having clear uh, dreams that our ancestors come through in and are able to share information with us. And some of these dreams are about healing ourselves. And some of them are about understanding our path and understanding the our own medicine. And also about helping our communities and helping um, as healers, uh, when people come to us, 
this Ubulawa Dream Blend was worked with in order to gain clarity on the spiritual and energetic work of the person that you're working with and how to help them. So uh, for me, I was focused on myself and and um, my own path. And what came through was, was a lot of uh, guidance on how to clarify my, clarify my voice and my vision. And at the end of that six night rit ritual, which every night was just so powerful, the dreams that I had of where I came from, my ancestors, where I'm going, and the, the kind of things that I came into this life to experience and to the energy that I came to be in and to share with people, all of that was in those dreams. And at the end of that six night dream work ritual, I heard a voice wake me up out of sleep and it said, Raven. And they were calling me Raven. And I, it was kind of startling at first. I'd never experienced that before. And I sat with it and it was, um, I knew that they wanted me to change my name. Part of changing my name was also about uh, releasing the energetics of um, slavery from my ancestry and releasing the name that was given um, due to the enslavement of some of my ancestors. So that was part of, that was part of it. And then also stepping into the energy and vibration of a wraith and the messenger and sharing messages from, from ancestors. And so much of my work transformed when I decided to take that name um, my practice kind of shifted and I started really incorporating ancestral work into the womb healing and herbal work. And I actually transitioned out of doing simply herbal sessions and, and that's really great and that can be really helpful for people. But for me, I just saw the depth and the importance of incorporating ancestry and um, healing our ancestral lineages and tapping into the blessings of our lineages in order to experience a deeper, more profound um, healing in, in the here and now and in our physical world and how we put our energy out into the world. So you really re received a, a visionary message and the energy accompanying that to shift and move into your new practice. Just uh, just as a comment right here, you know, I'm in Northeast Ohio surrounded by the woods and there's a beautiful pileated woodpecker right outside my window right now, which I haven't seen in several months and he's just right there along with a beautiful red-tailed hawk. So we have that medicine with us today. I was hoping we might move into a little bit of a deeper energetic space here uh, where we can ground and maybe you can take us inward with a little prayer or invocation as we continue on here. But like I'm feeling the energy really shifting into a, a higher frequency space. And would you, would you be interested in doing that? Yes, definitely. So one of the things that I have been really working with a lot lately is um, the voice, sound, sound vibration, and um, healing our voice. And 
I would invite you to right now, just take a deep breath down into your belly and exhale out of the mouth. And say your name out loud, full name, Raven, Melody, Rose. Mm. And allow that sound vibration to fill your body. And you can say your name a few times with each out breath. Sarah Weiss. And think about or allow different sensations to come up in your body as that vibration moves through. What does that name carry for you? What is the energy that you carry out into the world? What ancestral blessings do you claim through the energy and vibration of your name. And what are you allowing to be released through the energy and vibration of your name? And then just breathe normally and come back to the body. And those are really great questions to think about um, our, our name, our given name. It's um, our given name or the name that we received through spirit or guidance in life. Um, it carries an energy and a vibration that is so powerful and uh, special and whether our name is given or some a name that we um, came into in our journey um, it's it speaks to who we are and and what we came here to experience and what we came here to share so there's a lot there a lot i agree in uh, more indigenous cultures, they dream the child's being in and find their true spirit name. And mm. that's not often the case here. I've gone through a few name changes given by my Sufi teacher. And going through this exercise with you today helped me. Oh, Sarah is a, a name given to me by my Sufi teacher. And it really helped clear out all the muck that's around it and bring me back to the original vibration that was bestowed um, and the transmission that was bestowed when he gave me that name over 40 years ago. So thank you for that. I really, really, I know I was quiet during that. I wanted people to be able to have that experience directly, but I had my own deep experience with, with that practice. Thank you.
welcome. So let's pause for a moment. Thank you. So we're we're going to be winding around um, a little more towards our topic of healing the menstrual cycle and moon medicine. One of the modalities uh, medicines that you work with is combo, and I would like our listeners to learn about this. I don't think it's widely known about, and I personally am supportive of medicines that help lift us above our common vision into the higher visionary states and clear out, you know, everything that prevents us from seeing and being our clearest higher higher being. So maybe you could share some of your work with that with combo. Yes, um, combo is is a frog poison uh, from the green monkey tree frog. And uh, this frog only produces its poison when it's in its natural environment, um, which is typically found in the Amazon jungle. And so I actually, um, I had no intention of working with combo when I was first introduced to it. I had a, I had been exposed or heard of ayahuasca and I was really interested in working with it. And I, once I learned about it, I waited until the time was right. And it was a few years before I had a dream where I was uh, walking in the jungle and I was holding a drum that lit up in red letters and said ayahuasca. And the next day, uh, my friend called me and said, hey, I'm going to a ceremony. Would you like to come? I said, okay, yes, I think it's time. Um, and she, she mentioned that there would be a medicine man serving combo. And I went online and I read about it and I was like, no, I don't think, I don't think I'm interested because there was, um, you know, I was interested in this visionary experience and with combo, there's no, it's not a visionary experience in the sense of, um, it's not psychoactive in any way, but, um, and it causes people to purge. And I was just like, I don't really think I want to throw up and things like that. Um, uh, not in, not in that way without that <laughs> that visionary component. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I read about. It, I was like, no, I don't think so. And I, I went and I had my ceremony. It was really powerful and um, not as not as uh, eventful as I thought it would be. And then afterwards, the the medicine man came and started speaking with us about combo and. Um, he was talking about the work that he's done with people and how it's really helped them in their healing processes and uh, with um, chronic health issues and things like that. And everything in my body, just every cell in my body told me, you need to do this. You have to do this. I wasn't really prepared. I had to go and ask my friend. I was like, Hey, can I borrow some cash to pay him? Like I'll pay you back. And, um, you know, they were really supportive and, and I was able to sit with combo. And I remember that first experience. Um, so when, when combo is applied, it goes on to, um, there are superficial burns that go on the skin and uh, the, the poison is applied on top of that. And you drink two liters of water beforehand. Um, that way you have something to, that, uh, to purge once your body is ready to start um, getting rid of the toxins. So I sat uh, and I, once he put the poison on, I could feel everything in like my whole body just 
turned over. It was like all the cells in my body went through like a car wash or something, but mm-hmm. you know, without the chemicals, um, it was more of a natural cleansing feeling. And then the purging started happening and I was throwing up and I took the, afterwards I took like the deepest, deepest breath and exhale of my life. And I just felt immense, immense clarity. And uh, there was a big release of just weight, um, energetic, emotional weight. And then also the physical toxicity. I I actually had that ceremony maybe maybe about three years after I had stopped taking birth control. I had never done any kind of, uh, I had done some uh, liver cleansing with herbs and things like that, but I hadn't had anything that deep of a, of a physical cleanse. And it was really powerful to release all of the physical uh, things that I had been carrying after so many years and also a lot of emotional and energetic weight being lifted. And after that, um, that's actually right after that is when I found my herb program. So I had this really clear direction. Um, I was receiving more ancestral messages that were becoming more and more clear. I had a a different confidence about myself and my healing journey and path. Um, I had a renewed confidence where I, as before I was work before combo, I had, um, I was having a hard time. I was having a hard time with um, feeling the blocks of not making progress in my healing. And I knew that I still had work to do. Combo didn't eradicate my pain. It wasn't the, you know, the silver bullet that just got rid of everything. It was a, it was a path. It it opened my path. Um, It was like a road opener to the things that I could do and experience to have a deeper healing. And Combo allowed me to see more of myself, to experience more of myself and to lift up some of those heavy weights that I was carrying uh, just that I didn't need to carry anymore and that weren't serving me. And that was really, really powerful. And from then on, I, I realized that Nawaska um, actually bringing me to combo and I, um, I really fell in love with combo and that medicine and um, continued working with it. And eventually about three years after my first experience with combo, I, I made my way to the jungle and spent a month there and had uh, basically a a dieta with combo. So I had um, about 20 days of eating only uh, very pure foods, no salt, no spices, no oils, um, and two meals a day and doing combo ceremonies every other day in that time and was able to access parts of myself that I had never accessed before. And uh, I know that has a lot to do with being in the jungle as well, because the dreams that I had were just beyond anything that I had ever experienced um, before. And that was really powerful. And about a year after that experience of being in the jungle, I did a lot of deep ancestral work in healing. Um, so it's it's a medicine that that lasts as long as we're open to doing the healing work afterwards and maintaining that um, that clarity. So maintaining a healthy diet, maintaining 
um, healthy energetic balance and keeping up with those practices for ourselves and not just expecting this um, frog do all the work for us. It's um, <laughs> a really powerful, helpful medicine. And so let's let's move into your healing with the menstrual cycle and how you work with people with their whole reproductive area. First, how your healing came about and how you're working with others. Yeah, so my my healing really um, accelerated when I started to look at my menstrual cycle as a as a guide for my life and started to live through my menstrual cycle. So what that means is that I previously would push through certain phases of my cycle that were meant for rest and recovery and push myself to work hard. And uh, this idea of hard work and um, things needing to be really, um, really almost like burdensome in order to be productive or in order to have value in the world. Um, That was a a narrative that I think a lot of us have heard for a really long time. And when I'm connected to my menstrual cycle and really working with the energy of each phase of the menstrual cycle. So the menstrual phase menstruation is a really more inward time. It's a releasing time. It's not really a time for pushing ourselves to be working and creating. Uh, Whereas the follicular phase, uh, which comes after that, is a more outward, energetic, social time. That's a time when we, our mind is turned on. We are really engaged in our relationships with other people and in the work that we're doing. And then ovulation, which is the peak of fertility, that is a really great time for creation and really deep connection with our bodies. It's a sensual time. And then the luteal phase, which is the phase of the menstrual cycle along with menstruation that has been most pushed down in the unbalanced society that we, many of us have been living in for many, many generations. Mm -hmm. Uh, The luteal phase is going inward. It's a little bit more quiet. It's more so about the doing rather than the thinking uh, or like visioning and um, connecting with other people. It's, it's a time when we are really tapped into our truth and our intuition and we're guided by our intuition. And a lot of times this phase of the menstrual cycle, especially as you get closer to uh, menstruation again, the end of the luteal phase when um, that's associated with PMS and moods and um, the quote unquote bitchiness, um, those things that we don't really honor as this is our body showing us truth right now. And uh, when we speak our truth, of course, it may ruffle some feathers and it may change things and a lot of times when there's uh, not room for change and flow and transformation, it's, um, it can be a really hard push against, you know, against what society tells us is acceptable. So mm-hmm. honoring all of those phases has been so transformative for me and my healing. And it's also a really 
uh, the menstrual cycle is a cycle of nature. It's nature happening, nature's cycle happening in our own bodies. It's one of the most powerful cycles of nature. And it's connected to creation, it's created, it's connected to destruction, it's created, it's connected to um, all of the ebbs and flows of life, and it connects us to the moon. So helping people to understand that and, and recognize that and work with the different energies of the menstrual cycle instead of fighting against them is so transformative. And that in itself can alleviate a lot of stress, a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort, and allow us to accept ourselves as whole beings because also a lot of times the menstrual cycle is this thing that's so taboo that we don't get to talk about. And it's one of the first things that I ask people when I'm working with them is what was your first menstrual cycle like? What did you learn about yourself through that experience? Who taught you about your menstrual cycle? Or what did you learn about yourself and your body by the omission of that talk about your menstrual cycle and its importance? And there's so much there. There's so much there around how we value ourselves, our self-worth, how we, how we use our voices, how we allow ourselves to speak up for, for what we believe in and, and our own truth, um, how we connect to our sensuality and our creativity. All of that is connected to the menstrual cycle. So when people come to me with cyclical imbalances, whether it's pain or, or missed cycles or um, other things that are coming up for them with their menstrual cycle where they're feeling this imbalance. It's a lot of times connected to things in our physical world, but also it's about the deeper story, our deeper menstrual story, our deeper connection to our bodies and the cycles of nature. And so there's this really beautiful thing that happens when we allow ourselves to connect to our menstrual cycles and and start to honor the different phases of our cycles and also see how our menstrual cycle can guide us through life and help us experience life in a more easeful way when we are aligned with it rather than fighting against it. What you're speaking about is so beautiful and so profound and about taking back the feminine body and wisdom. And it's uh, it takes a, a lot of desire and motivation to be willing to move into that deeper place and align with yourself rather than the external world. Um, how, how do you help guide people with this? How do you help them tune into this within their own bodies and overcome the wounding and all the humiliation and disempowerment that has come along with this? in our culture. So one of the one of the things that I like to teach people is to be an observer of of yourself, be an observer of your thoughts, of your actions, of the things that we do and how we do them and how we think about ourselves. As an observer, we're able to kind of put together and see the stories that we have taken on from our childhood, taken on from our experience in our mother's womb, taken on from any part of life. 
um, and then also taken on from our ancestry. So as we start to work with the menstrual cycle as a guide and say, you know, that luteal phase when our emotions may be kind of in flux and we may be having thoughts that are outside of what we consider the norm for us. Those are opportunities. And I think because of some of the stigma and ideas around menstruation, um, we can kind of put those thoughts and ideas that we have in that phase of our menstrual cycle that are, um, that are considered to be like unacceptable, like everyone should be happy all the time and everyone should be joyful and just outgoing and, and doing things for other people at all times. Um, when we are able to recognize that that's actually out of balance and what we are feeling is in balance, then that there's a big transformation that can happen there. And so allowing ourselves to trust that the thoughts and feelings that we're having are actually guides for us rather than um, hindrances to fitting into the, the linear masculine world that mm. doesn't honor the natural cycles, then we're able to work with that and learn more about ourselves and self-discover. And those thoughts and ideas that come up at different phases of our cycles, we can then transform them into guides to our path to healing and so that's one of the big things that I like to teach people is to ac accept our thoughts, accept ourselves, and accept that we are part of a bigger story also. And um, there's, this, there's this beautiful thing that happens when we start to see how the challenges that we're facing in our menstrual cycle are actually part of a bigger picture of our lives where we're being connected to our, our journey. And when we're experiencing menstrual imbalance, it's also because maybe we're out of alignment in the work that we came to do in the world, or maybe we're out of alignment in some aspect of our healing that when we transform it, we're able to create more balance, not only for ourselves, but in our family lines, in our communities and in the collective. So it's a really powerful um, way of, you know, going deeply inward into the menstrual cycle, but then also carrying that out into, into the healing that we um, share with the world. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, that wonderful. So, so let me ask you this, um, given how much surgery uh, this area of women's bodies attracts from the medical world. Um, do you work with women who have had their organs removed or have had sexual trauma in that area or and even with pregnancy and then even yes. menopause? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, because this is, again, it's about our, our, our cycle is, we can have this uh, physical cycle that's associated with the hormones and the shift of hormones throughout the month and the physical bleeding and releasing, but that cycle is also a part of nature. And so even if we don't have the physical uh, 
things that are happening as far as, you know, releasing blood each month and being in that hormonal flux each month, we still are connected to the, the bigger cycle of nature. And it's still happening within our bodies. We're still moving through those energies every month as we connect with nature and connect with the moon. And another aspect of that is, you know, if we, if we have some kind of surgery or we're not menstruating, um, whether it's surgically or because we've left the menstruating years, the, the imbalances of the menstrual cycle will manifest in other ways. So how we approach, um, how we approach that is really important. And we can still experience so much healing, so much deep healing, even if we're not menstruating anymore. Um, And so looking at the thoughts and feelings that come up again, at different times of the month, or looking at the just connecting with the physical body, and other areas of the physical body, the whole body is a uh, an instrument and a it's singing a song <laughs> we're always connected mm-hmm. to the song and mm-hmm. i i love that um universe uh is the meaning of universe is one song and so we're always connected to that song and we have an opportunity to kind of see the the menstrual cycle is an opportunity for us to see where we're kind of out of tune with the song of our body and how it's connected to the song of the universe And so we can still connect with that um, through our connection to the moon, through our connection to nature, through our connection to our bodies. Um, All of that is helping us to connect to that song. And um, so how we walk on the earth, and sometimes I speak in these really, um, you know, these really big and um, kind of more expansive ways of looking at the menstrual cycle, but the menstrual cycle also tells us a lot about how we can nourish our bodies, um, how we can, what, what nourishment actually looks like for us and nourishment in the sense of not just, you know, the carbohydrates and proteins and things like that, but nourishment in the sense of, um, what deeply nourishes us in our soul and in our spirit um, and, and in our physical bodies. So how we nourish our physical body, how we take care of our physical body is so important for our spiritual growth and development and for our menstrual cycles. And do you work with people energetically? Like when you're working with a client, um, do you like lead them through meditations? Do you work on them physically with energy? things like that along with the herbs? Yes. Um, So the energetic work is mainly focused on ancestry. And so I, when I'm, you know, when we talk in a session, I have an opportunity to really deeply listen and I hear someone's story. And I also hear the ancestral stories that are coming through their voice and their expression, how they sit how they walk, um, their facial expressions, and um, what what uh, emotions are brought up within them, and how that's represented in their bodies. And I personally, I sometimes work with tarot. Um, lately, tarot has been um, something that I 
I haven't really used as much. I used to use it a lot more, but I think as I kind of continue on in my own path, um, messages come through without the cards. And I just receive directly from the voice and vibration of the client. And so I'm hearing their story and kind of connecting the dots on, okay, what are the things, what are the actions that people are taking in their day-to-day -day lives? And how is that connected to ancestry? And the ancestors that come through usually will share very practical very practical and grounded ways of understanding um, themselves and looking at, you know, the client looking at themselves and also little tips and ideas on how they how those ancestors have already been showing up for them. So just yesterday I was working with a client who um, I, as she, after she spoke and shared, shared her story, I asked her if she would be open to looking into like, um into like southern root work and um looking into working with working with soil and things like that and then immediately she showed me a book um called working the roots which is all about soil and root work mm -hmm. and i said okay your your ancestors are speaking to you and this is something for you to definitely open up into and and then also looking at the soil of our bodies so looking at our digestion and how we're actually nourishing our digestive tract so there's a lot of uh, physical physical guidance and how to work with herbs in that physical sense but then as we're working with those herbs and those plant medicines those are also impacting our energetic bodies and our emotions and helping us to connect with ancestors and ancestral guides and those messages so it's all very intertwined, the physical body, the actions that we take, the foods that we eat, and also the messages that we're receiving from our herbs, um, whether it's in a physical sense or an energetic sense. Mm. And do you help people tune into that so that they can start connecting with their own ancestry and listening to their own inner guidance? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we talk about different practices that they can do to start really tapping into their ancestral wisdom and knowledge. And so like, for example, um, with this client that I had, we talked about um, some practices in, in growing particular herbs and making her own herbal medicines. So that way she's connecting with those plants in a more, in a way that her ancestors would have connected with them. And that's a really, really powerful practice that can help to just awaken different aspects of our body. When we're working with plants, we're tapping into a lot of the sensory aspects. The smells can awaken parts of us that we maybe um, have been just, just have been dormant. And when we go through the actions, we're, we're activating different parts of our bodies. So those rituals and practices are really important. And that's why I like to incorporate the ancestral element because the ancestors are the ones who share those rituals and practices for the clients to do. And then the clients now have these, this resource, these, you know, this homework of putting these practices into place and accessing different parts of themselves and being able to navigate their own path and their own healing because one of the big thing that's 
big things that's really important for me to share with clients is them accessing their own wisdom, their own medicine, and their own power to transform their lives. That's really, really important. I agree. So do you work with people individually and groups? Um, How do you work with people? I work with people individually. Um, Right now, most of my work has been in groups. I do um, group circles because I just really find that um, community healing is really, or healing in community is really important. Um, But then I also do one-on-one sessions as well. Okay. So as we come to the close here, we could really go on for hours about this. I, I love mm-hmm. speaking with you. Um, how do people contact you? Yeah, so I um, people can reach me through my website, which is moonmedicine.co.co. And I'm also on Instagram at moonmedicines. And every Monday I do a, uh, a weekly just talk, uh, an Instagram live call where I just share um, messages and in, um, inspiration that I've had and insights that I've received on the healing journey. And this is just looking at the journey on a, on a grander scale of things that we can do and, and plants that we can work with and different practices that have been really helpful for me in the journey that uh, I like to share with people. So I do that on Instagram on Mondays at uh, 12 o'clock Eastern time. And um, of course, my website is also a really great place to find me. It's a beautiful website. Her Thank you. Raven, Raven's website is actually a healing website. Um, it's quite beautiful. And the way the words come off the page as you're reading them is filled with healing energy. It's really beautiful. Well, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we come to a close here? Um, I guess I would like to share that for anyone, whether you have a menstrual cycle or not, look at the, the process of the menstrual cycle, do some research on, um, how the menstrual cycle works and start to make connections between the menstrual cycle and the cycles of nature, because whether you're someone who menstruates or not, we are always connected to these cycles of nature and, um, it's it's another way of deeply understanding ourselves and also understanding our connection to the world around us and the other people in our lives and what they could be experiencing and going through. So yeah, and also um, just also to be aware that we have so much support in our journeys and you're always, always, always supported in the work that you do. Uh, Thank you. Beautiful words of guidance. So I really encourage people to check out the contact information in the uh, website notes and to read up on Raven's website. It's really quite beautiful. So thank you, everyone. Blessings to everyone. And thank you for sharing in uh, the beautiful energy with Raven Rose today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.